AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Yesterday's corrective action in the markets? <laughs> it's getting out of hand. Corn, beans, wheat, totally lower so far this morning. The NASDAQ, of all things, is also showing some weakness amid strength in the Dow and S&P. I've got a whole list of topics and a dandy panel this morning with which to discuss. With a series of fresh free for allers via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning it's a Friday free for all with panelists Michelle Jones and Chris Gibbs. Directly following the news, Jennifer Scheich from Farm Journal's Pork. I'm your outstanding guest host, Davis Michelson. Welcome to AgriTalk, everybody. It's our Friday free for all. Yeah, in case nobody lets you know already today, it's Friday, people. We're, uh, we're Bumping up right against the weekend, and doggone it, I gotta say, I for one am glad to be here. Uh, I hope, uh, hope everything's going okay for you this morning. Uh, things are working out swimmingly here at, uh, at AgriTalk and at my own home bunker here in the Beat Laboratory. Um, we've got, okay. So on the Friday free for all, you've, you've become accustomed to a certain set of voices, panelists that we have, uh, from time to time. Uh, this week we're without Haney, we're without we uh, Wiesmeyer, and we're without Chip. This is by design. Everything is fine. We've planned this. Okay, I meant to do that. We've got some other voices. I want to. I just. I want to. I. I want other voices. I want other voices. Just for one show. Uh, and this seems like a great time to do it. So we're going to lean into Chris Gibbs and Michelle Jones, both folks that I really, really respect, and um, and am anxious to discuss some of these issues with. And we've got them for the entire hour which is even better. Um, if you missed our Farmer Forum on Wednesday, a similar conversation. I had Ben Renchi and Ted Hamer. That's almost, you know, I would almost consider that, which is Wednesday morning's AgriTalk, kind of a primer for today, uh, a primer, if you like, if we're talking paint, a primer, if it's your piano lesson. Um, so, and I mean, we got to talk about Everybody, we got the first sustainable aviation fuel plant open this week in Georgia. There's, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff. We got election stuff. That New Hampshire primary, Trump, Haley, did, Mr. Biden did manage to win the Democratic primary. We'll talk about that. What? Why was there even a Democratic primary at all? Interesting. I don't know. We'll talk about it. Um, we're going to find out how the uh, the soft landing is treating the panel. Uh, of course, there's that biofuel stuff. I asked um, I asked my farmer friends on Wednesday morning about domestic demand expectations, talking about that. You know, we got ethanol to, to SAF now. We got all kinds of stuff with biofuels. <sighs> Big hopes for domestic demand in 2024, but also some financial difficulties. We're going to have to find a way to to we're going to have to find the middle between those two, between those demand expectations and those profitability problems that are forecast by several and many. Uh, some weird stuff with natural gas. Uh, you know what? We can't get into it right now. I'm already late getting to the news. So let's just hop right in here. A blast of cold weather on the Corn Belt sent ethanol production down 22% last week to its lowest point in three years. 
Bloomberg says America's output of the corn-based biofuel missed all its survey estimates, while stockpiles hit the highest level since March. The Energy Information Administration says the rise in stockpiles was the eighth straight week of increases for ethanol stockpiles. Moving in the wrong direction on uh, on ethanol there. But as the weather improves, I'm sure we will see improvement there as well. The world's first sustainable aviation fuel plant opened this week in Georgia, setting the stage for a new market for ethanol and farmers. Amid the loss of more than 437,000 farms since 1981, USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack told those at the grand opening of Lanza Jet Freedom Pines Fuel in Sopperton, Georgia. Secretary Vilsack says the new industry holds the promise of some 3 billion gallons of ethanol demand by 2030 and 36 billion by 2050, with much of the credit going to farmers. Vilsack had this to say. The fact that this facility is taking uh, and using ethanol is a reflection of uh, a number of dreamers and warriors uh, decades ago who saw the opportunity to convert corn and soybeans into a variety of fuels. Dreamers and warriors. There's something I just love about that, don't you? According to FarmWeekNow.com, University of Illinois researchers say they are ready to bring cattle embryos to Tanzania after five generations of crosses resulted in cattle capable of producing 20 times the milk of indigenous breeds. The research, published in Animal Frontiers, combines the milk-producing capabilities of Holsteins and Jerseys with the heat, drought, and disease resistance of an indigenous cattle breed common in tropical countries. Five generations of crosses resulted in that cattle uh, capable of producing 10 liters of milk per day under typical Tanzanian management. Tanzanian? Tanzanian. Hmm. More than half liter average yield of indigenous cattle. Well, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said the Biden administration's economic agenda is not yet finished. Funds for infrastructure, energy, and manufacturing are still being distributed, and the White House still aims to expand child care, tuition-free community college, and affordable housing and other initiatives. Uh, more ships carrying grain were diverted from the Suez Canal to sailing around the Cape of Good Hope this week after attacks on vessels in the Red Sea. This according to shipping analysts. Another 16 vessels confirmed diverted this week, taking the total grain cargoes diverted to some 3.9 million tons. That's up from 3 million tons last week. Many of the diverted ships are carrying U.S. grain cargoes, showing caution with this freight. About 7 million metric tons of grain cargoes normally transit the Suez Canal in the, uh, the Red Sea each month. And finally, here Chinese officials have asked their Iranian counterparts to help rein in attacks on ships in the Red Sea by the Iran-backed Houthis or risk harming business relations with Beijing. We'll have more on that later. But first, let me bring in Jennifer Sheck from Farm Journal's Pork. Jennifer, good morning. Hey. Well, um, let's talk about what's on producers' minds at winter trade shows. I know you do an awful lot of traveling. Um, I'm wondering, I'm sure you've had a few conversations, Yes. Yes, it's it's been a good it's been a good winter, um, despite a lot of things that we can sit around and be pretty frustrated about and are, are, you know, there's no denying that times are tough. We're coming off of what everyone's calling the worst year in history from an economic standpoint in the pork industry. And yet there's so much, as one producer called it, 
dogged optimism out there. Um, and he said going to these trade shows just reminds him of why he does what he does. And he says it's, it's truly inspiring and encouraging. But there's been a lot of positive talk about ways to innovate and different things that we can be doing in the pork industry to better reach um, not even like the next generation, but that that generation alpha and, and the ones following. And so it's kind of exciting to see how the pork industry is getting um trying to get to a better place when it comes to innovation and what we can do to provide more pork that's easier to prepare, that's more convenient to take on the go, because nothing beats pork for a protein fix. Well, that's absolutely right. And for for me, nothing beats um, a little bit of boredom, you know, some time inside in the wintertime to really come up with some fresh ideas. You're thinking about, you know, what am I going to do next year? What does my production look like next year? Uh when do the seed catalogs get here, Jennifer? Is this is the winter effect having uh, having a little bit of impact on this? Oh, I'm sure it probably has because it's been it's been kind of a doozy of a winter for a lot of people. But I um, heard that. Yeah. yeah, I think the I think the camaraderie helps it and bouncing ideas off of your friends and other producers, and I think that's what's cool about the pork industry. Yeah, yeah, Jennifer Scheich, that's terrific. Uh, I appreciate you. Have a great day, Jennifer. Thanks. You too. Jennifer Scheich from Farm Journal's Pork. All right. Hey, this just in. Boop, 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 boop. Uh, Tom Sell is going to swing in, too. Uh, Joe Stackler reached out to grab Tom Sell. We're coming back with the free-for-all. I don't know what's going to happen next. Agri-talk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. What if your commercial beef herd could be better than you thought possible? Genetic testing can help give you more confidence about what your herd is made of, and more importantly, what it can be. Inherit Select from Zoetis provides data-driven genetic insights to help you make more informed selection, breeding, and culling decisions about your cows and heifers. The journey from genetic potential to reality begins with Inherit Select. Ask a genetics rep how to save on testing with our whole herd promotion. Go to beefgenetics.com forward slash radio. Join us in Orlando at the 2024 NCBA Cattle Convention. Don't miss U.S. Farm Report host Tyne Morgan's live taping with industry experts February 1st at noon. Be part of the live audience at the Chuckwagon Cafe number one. Yeah, you sick of winter? You got the winter blues? Head on down to CattleCon, maybe, in sunny Orlando, Florida. Uh, I've been down there. It's fantastic. Um, Orlando, that is. It's wonderful. Um, not sure on CattleCon. It sounds like a great event. Uh, cattle producers from all over the place. We've talked to a couple of folks from uh, the NCBA. Everybody's very excited about it. Um, if you're into that sort of thing, hey, get to CattleCon in Orlando. I think you can still sign up. Not sure. Hmm. Now I'm plugging for something I don't even know anything about. 
Uh, our panel this morning, Friday Free For All. Welcome to uh, AgriTalk, everyone. Chris Gibbs, Michelle Jones, and Tom Sell. Let me begin with Chris Gibbs. Good morning, sir. Thank you for joining us. Hey, good morning. Good to be with you and everybody. And good to be with Michelle, too. I, we've been dancing around each other. We've never got together on the same program, so it's going to be great. Is that right? I'm looking forward to it. Michelle Jones, uh, uh, how's it going, Michelle? <laughs> going great. Great to be on this Friday morning. Your arrival is much anticipated here. We're uh, we're glad Apparently. to have you with us. <laughs> and uh, and also late breaking. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, beep, Tom Sell joins us as well. Tom, uh, what are you yeah, just, no. just hanging out? You got nothing better to do this morning than hang out with the likes of us. Man, I told Joe I, I just knocked out a, a memo and 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 some writing that I needed to do, and just had a window. So glad to be with you. It was not long anticipated. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm proud to be here. Well, you know, sometimes lightning strikes. Um, what? Yes, we're uh, we're very excited to be here. I don't know where to begin, gang. Tom, you're at a bit of a disadvantage. I did send out a, a list of some, you know, what I considered some very insightful, hard-hitting topics. I'm just not sure um, which one to begin with. Chris, I think I'm going to start with you. And forget my list. I just want to start the conversation this way. I do this all the time. Chris Gibbs, what is the most important thing in the world right now? Well, it's really personal right at the moment. Okay. My, uh, I was hauling, hauling grain yesterday. My semi burnt to the ground. So oh, no. I'm, I'm, looking, I'm, looking for a new, I'm looking for a new truck. But I'm going to tell you what. Now, I'll move this into a discussion everybody cares about other than my truck, huh. is that it's hard to find a truck out there to rent. And the reason is, is every doggone truck in the planet is on the road already and trailer. So I had trouble finding one to replace mine. And that's because the economy is booming. So that's what I'm thinking about this morning. Uh, okay. Well, we got to know, how do you, how do you burn a truck to the ground? What happened? Well, you know, you, do you, you mind telling you, us? You, you, you don't have beans in the morning. You let it set at one o'clock. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, no, no, you let it set at one o'clock and then all of a sudden the, 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 the tenants at the tenant farm they, they call up and say, Your truck's on fire at six thirty. Oh so my gosh. it must have been wiring. I, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Doesn't make any sure. difference. It's it's a pile. Yeah. So, so no yeah. no problem. We'll get it fixed. Well, is it still smoldering? Nobody still got still hurt. Smoldering? And thank you for thank you for volunteer fire departments, by the way. Ooh, amen. Amen. Michelle Jones, same amen. question. Amen. What's the most important get, thing in the world? We're gonna get a nice big check. Oh. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, luckily, no trucks burned down yesterday. Um, okay. <laughs> I think, you know, probably the most important thing on a on a larger scale, I think, is still, you know, our trade situation, which I know that Chris and I could talk about for, for a long time. But certainly, as you look at the Red Sea and the disruptions in um, there that are causing, you know, extensive days to go around to go around South of Africa um, and and what that does to like what that will ultimately end up doing to trade flows permanently. But I think mm -hmm. you can also tie that to the LNG situation where we didn't issue the permits for that um, new terminal when we're the largest exporter of LNG in the world. But yeah. if we don't have the terminals, if we don't have the infrastructure, like supply chains will be reorganized and we will lose that business. And I think right. I was just thinking as I was reading Jim's update that like, we still haven't figured that out in the U.S. That like we cannot do these things and then <laughs> maintain the same level of business that we've had. Like, and somehow it's been like you know what since the Carter grain embargo, so forty years, we still haven't figured this out. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Tom Sell, um, what's mm. what's on your mind as as one of the biggest, most important things in the world right now? Well, I come from the political world, so I'm going to say uh, yeah. the the state of our nation and her elections in 2024. You know, everyone's on edge. Um, uh, obviously, we are the the world leader. Uh, nations, peoples look to us as a beacon of of hope and where the rule of law exists that that protects and promotes the rights of individuals like no nation in the history of mankind. And yet we're at each other's throats these days. We are conflating and and hyperbolizing so many issues. And and um, I just you know it, it's starting in the primary pro, uh, uh, processes, and it's just. Man, I'm just spending a lot of time on my knees in, in prayer, just yeah. for 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 peace and and just yeah. you know, these issues are hugely important. But also, in the bigger picture, uh, we've got we are so blessed to live in this great nation, and uh, we can you know this this system is built or our constitutional framework is built for disagreement. We can disagree, mm-hmm. uh, but in agreeable ways, uh, knowing that that uh, we we've got to preserve and promote this nation going forward for the good of the world. Yeah, yeah, Tom, that was hey, terrific. Davis. Yep. Davis, uh, back what Michelle brought up, I, I really appreciate her bringing that up, and we can yeah. kind of wrap that. Um, let's look for some good news in in this uh, deal in the Red Sea. There you go. Um, this from my friend Lorian Lorian Larocco over at CNBC. She reminds that the U.S. and Brazilian diesels are the main beneficiaries because because of the European buyers. So. It's a doggone good thing that we didn't listen to the nationalists, listen to the protectionists, and close everything down in the United States and not want to trade on the world stage. Oil is, yeah. a, oil is a world market, and we are benefiting now because we can sell diesel into, into Europe. So that's a good thing. Now, we're going to end up with higher prices uh, because of demand, uh, sure. because of all trucks on the road. Yeah, I get yeah. that. But uh, we're a world market, and we're per- perfectly positioned. Well, and you struggling to find a truck to rent. Um, I feel like the whole transport sector right now. Uh, did I hear you right? It's just there just aren't any because there's so there are so many goods going over the road right now that no one can spare any rentals even. Everybody is running. Um, when my truck actually was running yesterday, I stopped at a Love's. Every bay, every bay at ten thirty in the morning has a truck in it. You can't pull in to get uh, fuel and pull right up to an empty bay. Everybody is moving. The economy is red hot. And the stock market reveals that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tom, that supplying diesel to the to the world's shippers now, that's to me, that's that's pretty exciting. That feels like a relationship that we need to maintain uh, on the global scene. Well, I sure feel uh, Chris is right. I mean, uh, we, we don't live in a vacuum. And of course, we export. So we are such a productive nation. We export, whether it's agricultural goods, uh, our intellectual property, energy uh, supplies. We've come so far. Um, and, and you know, you got to give President Trump some credit for this. And it's kind of an American, America first mantra. We want to stand by and be a productive nation and support our domestic industries. And, and Lord knows we have a lot to sell. We can't we can't be isolationists in that in that context. You know, the world needs us. They need our leadership on a political level. They need our goods. 
uh, and uh, uh, around the world. So yeah, it's an opportunity, and and I, I agree with Chris. You know, it it it's unwise. I'm uncomfortable with some of this more kind of isolationist rhetoric in Washington D.C. that just wants to ignore what's going on in in Ukraine. That's their problem, or ignore what's going into Taiwan. That that's their problem. We need to be engaged. The world needs our leadership. Michelle, this. Uh... This is sort of coming as as a fresh idea to me that maybe we should be interacting with the rest of the world. I I feel like you are you are among us the least of all isolationist probably when it comes <laughs> to commerce with the rest of the world and uh, and what what leaves the farm gate. Uh, yeah, that is that is definitely true. I am the least <laughs> isolationist of all of us, I'm sure. But yeah, I definitely. I mean, I certainly agree. Like, there's there's a reason that the U.S. has been in the position that it has for for so long and that, like, I, I mean, I understand that there are certain implications of the amount of um, financial support that we're giving to foreign countries. And, and we do have a responsibility to our own taxpayers to make sure that, like, it is used as responsibly as humanly possible. But that said, like, we're also not out there with our voice nearly as much as we used to be, where we used to be the loudest voice in the room. Um, and we need to move back to that. Uh, you know, we if you spend any time like I do, which is reading a large amount of books from the World War II up into the early '80s, like I mean, we we were such a loud voice on the world stage, and uh, we need to make sure that we maintain that to be that you know beacon for the rest of the world mm-hmm. on and be able to shape some of the rest of the world the way we would like it to. Tom, so unfair of me to ask this question, but would, did we wear out that welcome? At some point, ha. no. I, I'm 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 hopeful for the future. I, I don't I don't I don't I don't think so. Excellent. Um, That's what no, I wanted to back. hear, baby. Excellent. We'll we'll talk more on the other side. Uh, of the, come on, man. We'll Let's talk more it. on the other side of the break. I promise, Chris. We'll come we'll come back straight to Chris when we come back here on AgriTech. They're fired up. I can't keep them quiet anymore, everybody. It's a great free-for-all going here. Thank you so much for tuning in to AgriTalk. Your pal, Davis Michelson. So glad you're here with us. Stick around. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. And joining us now, ProFarmer editor Brian Grady. Um, Brian, lower in corn, lower in the soybeans, double digits lower in the wheats. If we're looking for green on the screen, I'm looking at soybean oil, and that's about it right now on the grain side. Yeah, uh, that's about it. Not a, not a very good finish to the week here, Davis. Uh, so we saw some corrective gains earlier in the week, but, uh, uh, you know, soybeans led us to the downside yesterday, and, and they virtually erased all the gains from earlier in the week, and, and uh, wheat now uh, double digits lower, like you mentioned. So uh, that market had actually been the, the strongest and, and uh, not so uh, here to, to finish up the week. So uh, we'll see how it finishes, uh, but uh, just no buying conviction uh, in the marketplace and, and aside from just a little bit of, of uh, short covering interest in, in spurts, but uh, we just can't sustain that trade. All right. All right. Well, the livestock certainly seem to be liking it. I got fat cattle up. I got feeder cattle up as well. Yeah, absolutely. Much uh, better price action there. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, live cattle futures uh, charging to the upside and, and technical base buying but uh you know fundamentally uh we've seen the cash market strengthen and uh, i think that the cash trade ended up being better than what was anticipated so even a little bit stronger and and uh, so that's given us some fundamental support um 
you know, feeder cattle are actively participating to the upside as well. And uh, then the hog market, uh, we continue to see strength in the uh, cash index and uh, the futures have kind of back and forth this week, uh, letting the cash catch up and the cash is uh, gradually getting up there. Uh, but we are seeing a little bit of price strength here to finish up the week in the, uh, the futures. Well, looking at the equities, we've got the NASDAQ does seem to have rolled over. We'll see how, how far that goes. And the WTI is lower this morning, too, on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. What if your commercial beef herd could be better than you thought possible? Genetic testing can help give you more confidence about what your herd is made of, and more importantly, what it can be. Inherit Select from Zoetis provides data-driven genetic insights to help you make more informed selection, breeding, and culling decisions about your cows and heifers. The journey from genetic potential to reality begins with Inherit Select. Ask a genetics rep how to save on testing with our whole herd promotion. Go to beefgenetics.com forward slash radio. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Our name says it all. AgriTalk, what more do you need to know? Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Gotta love a little Tom Petty on Friday morning. I'm going to come back and listen to that one really loud when we get off the air here. Your pal Davis Michelson on the Friday free-for-all on AgriTalk here. My guests, Chris Gibbs, Michelle Jones, and Tom Sell. Um, Chris was... His head was just about to explode when we went to a break. I don't even know what happened after that. I assume he's fine. I'm hoping so. But here, let me lay out the chronology because I did make a solemn vow that we would return and allow Chris to discuss here a little bit. Uh, we started with Michelle, who was lamenting that the U.S. is no longer the loudest voice in the room. We used to be back in the day, the Reagan administration and times like that. Somehow we've sort of lost that. I asked Tom Sell. Dude, did we just overstay our welcome? Are we just flat bullies now? Is that Are we done with that? He's confident that we have not. Chris Gibbs was about to jump in at that point, and uh, the pursuit of commerce pulled us away. Mr. Gibbs, welcome to AgriTalk this morning. Uh, I would throw it over to you, sir. All right. Hey, hey very, very briefly. Just want to discourse back, uh, maybe push back just a little bit with my good friend Tom there. He, he said, well, maybe uh, the former president helped us on the world stage, et cetera, set, set this up. I guess I would remind that uh, this is the same uh, former president that put punitive tariffs on Europe and all of our trading partners, including China. And China's a whole different bag of bananas, but Australia, Japan, so on and so forth. And has predicted and said that he's going to put 10% tariffs on all of these countries 
again on imports if, if and when he's elected president. That'll be the most absolute inflationary act we could have. And that is a protectionist policy. It's a nationalist policy, and I don't think it helps agriculture. So that was going to be my that was going to be my retort for for discussion's sakes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tommy raises some good points. Yeah, I mean, I, I think those are those are absolutely fair points. I I, I was speaking of uh, President Trump's kind of America first. The fact that our our domestic industries have rebuilt you know agriculture is as powerful as it's ever been our ability to produce and meet the demands of a growing world population are greater than they've ever been and that's going to make us relevant that that's that's my point uh, that that part of it is good policy we can argue about the other policies and 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 i probably uh, align more with with uh with chris on that i don't like the imposition of tariffs and those things but just in terms of the u.s relevance uh in the world and the fact that we need to step into this, you know, we we are kind of this beacon of, of freedom and commerce that the world, you know, uh, envies in a lot of ways and, and needs uh, in other ways and looks to as an example. And that's what we really just need to need to step into. That's my point. And, and just from a domestic industry policy standpoint, you know, I love uh, the one thing I did love about President Trump's uh, uh, time and, and even his current campaign is we have got to, you know, stand by our creative, uh, industrious, entrepreneurial leaders in this nation who are who are meeting the needs of the world, pushing technologies that are going to allow for us to get and pass on pass on better to the next generation than it was passed to us. That's the stuff that I love. Mm-hmm. Michelle, I want I want to give you a chance to jump in here too before we we go whole hog about the New Hampshire primary <laughs> really quick. Um, your thoughts on on Mr. Trump? Would it would it would another another four years? Of President Trump uh, look different, similar. What What are your thoughts? I would, I, I, I mean, I, I think it would look very different because he's a lame duck from the start, um, and and probably not different in, in a good way, at least for my own personal opinions. But certainly from a domestic industry standpoint, yeah, there was some good things done to grow some of our domestic industry. And in, in in the case we just we already talked about it, like the LNG uh, terminal and some other things, like we're not we're not allowing that to continue, and we we do need to fix that piece from an international trade perspective and and how we're perceived on the world stage. I I don't think that there would be a net benefit to the U.S. and, and absolutely not a net benefit to the consumer or agriculture with an across the board tariff whatsoever. Like that that would be horrific. Well, and I I argued um, again and again and again in 16 and through that whole period. Listen, we are people are not voting for a national preacher. We are not voting necessarily for someone in that zone. I mean, maybe we get the, the, the leader that we deserve here. I mean, on some of these exit polls in New Hampshire and Tom, I'm going to I'm going to throw this over to you with with Chris on deck here. But um, there's a decent percentage of people who don't care if trump would be hypothetically uh convicted of a felony of some kind or of some crime they don't care they don't care is does that say more about trump or does that say more about the voting public well man there's a there's a lot of history there but but there's no question you know trump is is getting about 50 percent of of the republican primary voters and that's big relative to others Mm-hmm. But I still, you know, this is going to be a long campaign. I, I think it's good. I think campaigns are very healthy. You know, I, 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 
you know, this needs to happen. This, this national conversation needs to happen. So I'm, I'm glad and I'm grateful that, that uh, Nikki Haley is staying in because, um, mm. um, you know, you never know what hat, what, what may happen. And it's just good for the, for the public, for the body, body politic, for our citizens to hear the, the, the issues actually talked about. I hope they do debate all those kinds of things. You know, the, as, as far as, you know, the, the lawsuits that are out there, you know, there's just so much baggage and so much history. I mean, you know, the, the, uh, both sides, you know, politics has kind of uh, brought the, the judicial system into, into their realm of politics. And that's not a good thing. Uh, I think it's very dangerous actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. Um, and I think we're going to look to the Supreme Court, you know, for 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 guidance on a number of things. Probably not the position they want to be on, but the the great thing about our constitutional uh, democratic republic is we have these great separations of powers. Uh, no one has no one has uh, too much power. Of course, the media, uh, n- not talking about you, Davis, but so mm-hmm. many in the media hype up and do the scare tactics and talk sure. about, um, you know, a dictatorship and. Fundamentally, our constitution just just you can't have that, um, and and so uh, we, we've got to fight for that rule of law and those constitutional separation of powers that we need. All this should be uh, viewed and framed in in, in that context, um, and you know there's just a lot of cynicism about it. There's cynicism because of Oof, yeah. the failed kind of impeachment of 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 Donald Trump, which was you know as time goes on, people get further away from it. It's like yeah, that was trumped up not trumped up in terms of (laughs) the charges and and they they just couldn't see that to the end and that's what most people think about these these current charges just the reality they think they're they're kind of manufactured political uh uh efforts to to undermine his his candidacy well and chris gibbs I'll, i'll give you a chance to sound off here um you know you got one side saying your guy's a crook you got the other side saying no no your guy's the crook if you're asking me they're all crooks I can't, I can't take it anymore. Chris Gibbs, your thoughts on the uh, upcoming election, New Hampshire primary. What you got, buddy? Yeah, I, 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 uh, yeah I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. You know, we've, we've, <laughs> we've got a situation. We talked about this last time I was on where, mm-hmm. where the, the, the world is complicated. And what happens to a population when the world gets so complex that an individual will come in and they'll say, I can fix it. I can just do this and I can do that. Mm-hmm. And and that's where former President Trump steps in in an autocratic stance. And people will will rally to that. And that's what we saw in New Hampshire and we've seen it in other places, that they just want a strong man to fix it. And what I warned, warned about before still works today. Be mm-hmm. careful what you ask for, because if you're Asking for an autocracy, that's going to give you trouble. That's going to give you trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Um, let's move on from here. Um, Michelle, let me let me talk to the demand bull in you and just see where she's at. The world's first sustainable aviation fuel plant opened this week in Georgia, setting the stage for potentially a huge new market for ethanol and farmers. Biofuels got a little good news this week, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And, and I've, avi- sustainable aviation fuel is actually the one that I watch the closest of all of the ethanol um, related industries because of um, it's in, it does have an impact on Montana that like we're not going to raise corn for ethanol, but we will raise uh, Camelina, safflower or uh, Camelina canola for ASF uh, or SAF. 
So uh, that is one that I tend to watch quite a bit to see what the implications are of being able to drag more canola. I've never raised camelina, but it it comes in and out um, as well as just overall oil seeds um, further west into into Montana and provide a better market for that. So anything when it comes with sustainable aviation fuel, getting a better uh, larger industry and and some more um, infrastructure is always super exciting to me. Obviously, Georgia's a long ways away, but you know there's a trickle down impact throughout the industry. Well, for sure, yeah, that infrastructure would be. Uh, I bet you'd love to have some of that infrastructure up there in Montana yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, we would. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Chris, I guess I'm concerned about demand expectations running away from farmers and maybe leaning too hard into one crop or the other, which brings us to. I guess sort of rotation. Is it lame to talk about rotation? Because my assumption is uh, rotation is basically for most folks, we're going to do what our rotation says. Are you seeing anybody sort of stepping out of their normal year-to-year, quote-unquote, routine? Yeah, you, you can you, you can even look, look at me right here. Um, I'm mm-hmm. going to be down on corn acres just because um, – you know, corn right now is below cost of production in my area for cash. Now, I get an, I get a 30, 35% bump when I haul to the ethanol plant, and that gets me about, about even, uh, maybe even a, a few cent profit. But I'm going to be a little bit down. I wouldn't call it stepping out. I'd call it a toe. <laughs> okay. That I did not – I'm not going to increase corn acres. Um, I can make money on beans. And the corn, uh, well, you're going to have to show it because I'm not going to take a loss up front. Right, right. Very good. Uh, Chris Gibbs, Michelle Jones, and of course Tom Sell are with me this morning. So glad to have all three of them. Um, we need to come back to this nat gas thing, um, Tom. At the other side of the break, I want to talk about why President Joe Biden postponed the approval of the country's largest natural gas export terminal. What's this? What if your commercial beef herd could be better than you thought possible? Genetic testing can help give you more confidence about what your herd is made of, and more importantly, what it can be. Inherit Select from Zoetis provides data-driven genetic insights to help you make more informed selection, breeding, and culling decisions about your cows and heifers. The journey from genetic potential to reality begins with Inherit Select. Ask a genetics rep how to save on testing with our whole herd promotion. Go to beefgenetics.com forward slash radio. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Join us in Orlando at the 2024 NCBA Cattle Convention. Don't miss U.S. Farm Report host Tyne Morgan's live taping with industry experts February 1st at noon. Be part of the live audience at the Chuckwagon Cafe Number 1. 
Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Your pal, Davis Michelson here on your Friday morning with the Friday free-for-all. Michelle Jones, Chris Gibbs, and Tom Sell join us this morning on our panel. Tom Sell, I'm going to throw this one to you. Uh, a story this week, President Biden postponed the approval of the country's largest nat gas export terminal. According to the New York Times, due to increasing pressure from climate activists, can you shine some light on this for us, please? Well, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. I mean, I, I think it's a sad uh, reality. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an all-of-the-above energy guy. I think whether it's mm-hmm. nuclear, um, uh, fossil fuels of, of various types, particularly those that are that are more sustainable, like natural gas, um, uh, and and energy derived from agriculture, we need it all to 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 supply the needs of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no doubt this the the Biden administration is is you know, deeply influenced and has a lot of people in inside the administration. They're just very beholden to to the extreme environmental community that does not like an uh, all the above approach. You know, they want to limit supplies. Sure. Um, they're fine with higher prices for energy and, and, and all those issues. This also really presents a strategic problem for us, even with like the the, the Ukraine uh, situation. I think there was a quote in that New York Times article that you know, no one uh, likes the closing of, of an LNG terminal in, in the U.S. more than Vladimir Putin mm-hmm. uh, because it empowers him relative to uh, uh, to Europe and the natural gas that's produced out of, out of Russia. We really got to think deeply about the stuff. But, you know, there's a deeper problem with this kind of just environmental uh, uh, movement really wanting to kind of shut down parts of our economy, including agriculture. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't like uh, kind of a, a, a cheap food supply policy. Um, uh, they'd rather restrict that down and kind of manage the way that we we farm our ground, thinking they know better how to manage a farm uh, than the great farm families uh, dotted throughout this nation. So it's a bigger issue. I'll let other people talk about it, and uh, but have to jump back in. Well, yeah, and and Chris Gibbs, um, Tom's comments make me think. You know they they they've got the Davos thing going on, or maybe they've wrapped it up by now. But European farmers are freaking out, Chris. Um, any thoughts on the whole situation there? Yeah, I'm. I'm I, I guess I guess that's not there, but I I, <laughs> I have a tendency to agree uh, with with Tom here on, on this one. This mm-hmm. is uh, and, and I'll I'll support the president. I want to support the president, President Biden, and so yep. forth, whether I believe it or not, and. Either that or be agitative about it. But <laughs> in this case, this is a bad look. This is a bad look for the Biden administration, no question. So let's just remember, we are in, a, we are in election year. He needs to bring along every group. This is a nod to those folks. This is going to get done. This will end up getting done. We're a world leader in, in LNG. This thing will be get, get – it'll get done, and, and we'll, we'll continue to export. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Michelle, I mean, we've got to, right? You, you, oh. you start shutting down these little export. I mean, it's – you. You sometimes don't get that demand back, do you? Oh yeah, I mean that's exactly what I said at the beginning of the show. Is like the, yep. the, it will not come back, and and certainly to Tom's point, as a secondary point, like there is direct implications to Russia, and we have got to stop giving business to Russia just because I don't know we didn't want to grant a permit that I I, I don't even know what like the major environmental implications are, but like they they can't be so significant that we can't either a work around them. Or B, like that they're you know probably too far left, uh, too far left in conservation activists anyways. That to his point, just don't want any of these things. I'm also an all of the above energy person, um, and it, we're a major exporter, and we need to hang on to that business because if we lose it, we don't get it back. Yeah, 
That's absolutely right. And now, Tom, I don't know how much time we need to spend on this. Just say none if that's the case. <laughs> but but related to this thing was this weird comment um, coming out. It was that Shaylin Hines, a spokesperson for Venture, Venture Global, accused the White House of attempting to shape policy through leaks to the media. She says um, house sources, if house sources are accurate, the leak could imply a moratorium on the entire U.S. LNG industry. Is there a bigger um, a a bigger thing at play here, Tom? Good night. I, I what hope is not. this? But I don't I, even know what this is. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's hard to know. Um, it's and, weird. And, uh, but it is, there There are deep-seated issues here between the environmental community and and those kind of technology optimists. Um, and I'll tell you, a great book for, for your readers uh, that, that I read this past year, it's, it's called The Wizard and the Prophet about um, the Green Revolution. So this was a century ago. Um, when you had these these predictions of oh overpopulations are uh, gonna gonna um, uh, we're gonna outstrip our ability to produce kind of the old Malthusian arguments, this is kind of a version of that in in the in the energy sector as well. And mm. look, this is something we've all got to be really really wise about um, and and think through. And it's where I, I just like you know, I'm so proud to get to represent and stand up for farmers in Washington D.C. So I think that, you know, that taking care of those basics, the fundamentals of our economy, our food and fiber and energy uh, is just essential to to uh, uh, the, our economy in general and our and our culture and everything that we stand for in the U.S. Well, let's let's start to bring our conversation to a close here. Um, Chris, I, th- I, th- I think I might want to want to start with you. We've talked about an awful lot of awful lot of stuff. Um, I guess one thing I wanted to get to is the stock market making new highs. Um, and just wondered if anybody's got any thoughts on what the stock market usually does during an election year, asking for a friend here. I don't think we're going to get to that one. Um, so, Chris, <laughs> what's uh, what's your what's your number one priority today? What's happening at the uh, the Gibbs operation that you're that you're anxious to get to? Well, like, good, good, good for the stock market. That, that's good if you've got stocks Amen. and so forth. And we like we like that. Yep. Uh, I guess what, what I'm going to get to is to continue to, continue to pay bills. The, the rest, I, I've got grain to haul, and I'm going to continue to pay bills. So that's that's what I'm doing at at this operation. Well, Chris, I'd love to speak with you, Michelle, and Tom for for another hour, but I'm afraid we're uh, we're just going to run out of time doing that. So let me just make sure and say, while we got plenty of time, thank you, Chris Gibbs, for being on the uh, on the show today. I appreciate you, brother. Pleasure. Michelle Jones from all the way out in Big Sky Country. Michelle, you got a busy day planned? Oh, always. You know, my, my other job, and uh, I'm trying to wrap up tax work for us for the year. So, super mm-hmm. exciting Friday. <laughs> Absolutely, Michelle Jones. We appreciate your time today. And Tom Sell, uh, we appreciate you, brother. Um, what You're probably not hauling grain today, but uh, what, do you, what, what are your priorities near term here, Tom? I'm I'm down in Texas and it's raining today, so so that's a great thing in in, in my part of Texas anytime. So I'm going to enjoy it. I probably got some of that tax work to do, like like Michelle does. Oof! You know what? I'm I'm going to make it. I'm going to take that hat trick and make it a consensus. I'm going to work on some tax stuff this afternoon too. I probably <laughs> got some catching up to do. Chris Gibbs, Michelle Jones, and Tom Sell, uh, along with Big Apple Joe Stackler. It's your pal Davis Michelson. Michelle Rook comes back this afternoon to close out the week.